friends. Welcome back to Reiki Women Podcast, where we are uplifting the voices of Reiki women practitioners. My name is Michaela Daystar of Heartscapes Reiki, and I am here as always with Bronwyn Logan of the International House of Reiki and Carrie Varela of the Reiki Healing Society. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been having a conversation about the forms of support that have been important for us in our personal journeys as Reiki practitioners. And then last week, envisioning the sort of supports that we imagine uh, cultivating and bringing into practice uh, as communities, you know, the future of Reiki and the sorts of support that we need. And we thought that it could be uh, interesting and valuable to follow that conversation up with reflection on kind of the other side of that coin. What are some of the fears that we have faced personally and that we've witnessed um, happening collectively that have uh, been challenging in our journey as Reiki practitioners that we've had to overcome in one way or another, or perhaps that we're still grappling with? Because oftentimes it's those fears that we most need support around and that we most wanna cultivate uh, support to work ourselves through. And so that's where we're going to open today's conversation is on the topic of fear. And of course, we have a structure. We have a uh, form of support already built into the system of Reiki to help us work with this. And that is, of course, uh, the precepts. Just for today, I worry not. And uh, so I just wanted to start by, by naming that as we open this conversation about fear. So friends, what has come to your heart and mind as you think about this question, as you reflect back on your journey, uh, what are the sorts of fears that you have grappled with, perhaps you're still grappling with that you'd like to name in this space? Just as you're talking, what was coming up? And it was interesting. I actually wrote down a whole bunch of stuff very quickly. So lots of fears, right? So um, I guess... Uh, if I look at the system of Reiki and I look at it as a professional, as someone who runs a business, and uh, I think probably, well, look, there's so many different aspects that you can see this from, but I'm going to start with this one. So starting it from a business perspective. And I think when I started um, practicing, and I wonder if it's any different today, that people told me that I could never do this as a full-time business. So being told that you can't do it as a full-time business was, was um, a little off-putting, but, you know, on the other hand, it's also a challenge, isn't it? So um, finding ways to do that um, was part of my challenge and it was exciting and interesting and, uh, you know, I actually, I really stuck my teeth into that and enjoyed it very much in, in trying to do so and, um, and did so successfully. So, uh, it's not true that you can't do that, okay? Um, but the fear behind, as we said, the other side of this, right? So, you know, the fear that you can't. So when I started off, you know, I had a baby, um, you know, you've got a family, um, we bought a house, what were we thinking? Um, you know, trying to run a business, trying to do all this, by running a Reiki business, you know, and I know that people out there who are listening to this, who are trying to do the same things will know exactly what I mean. It's quite, it was quite a overwhelming um, idea and uh, trying to find ways to make that work 
um, was was really uh, interesting. And there were many sleepless nights of of thinking, how can I do this? How can I uh, how can I make an income? You know, and that, then there's that fear thing of talking about money. You know, so uh, within the system of Reiki, when I you know, also first started that there was a big thing. A lot of people were going, oh, you shouldn't charge for what you do. And it's like shivers, you know, there are, as I just said, a lot of financial um, issues going on here and we need to put our time into it full time to be able to make a business that is going to be successful. If we don't put our time into it full time, then it's not going to be successful. Yeah. Because it needs to grow and it can't grow if we're not doing that so uh but how do we earn an income if we're not meant to be asking money I understand the the idea of it's a great thing to do you know great thing for people to to help people um you know that's part of the attraction I think for most people who um run a business with with the system of Reiki um so a lot of things happening there and and trying to work out how how I can work out um how I can work with these with these fears so you know that was for me trying to be very clear about there's no I shouldn't have a fear about earning money that should be okay yep because in our society that's how we uh eat and um, put shelter over our heads. Yep. So uh, that that should be that should be fine. So just working it out for myself personally, what what's okay, and not really listening to a lot of the stuff that was going on around me. So that's coming back to the self and really relying on what what I know is a truth. Yeah. And uh, then there was the thing of um, competition. You know. Uh, a lot of fear about competition. So I always remember we had a we had a center in in the in the in Sydney in the center of Sydney, and uh, another practitioner opened up you know just down the block, and they were doing a very different type of uh, teachings, and uh, it was sort of weird. A lot of people would ring us thinking that they were getting them, and you know probably the other way around, and so. You know, it was sort of this was in the old days when we had real phones and oh, see, real phones, uh, <clears throat> old phones, and so you know that was sort of interesting um, to to think about how how do we how do we work with that? You know, and you try to work from a very factual base and just to talk about yourself rather than anybody else, and you know, um, certainly not try to put anyone else down. But it's difficult when you're. I mean, I understand, you know, when you're when you're trying to run your own business, right? How that works. So um, we we didn't. I mean, what what we did try to do was to create a um, community, and in that community, there's lots of other people uh, practicing and teaching, and to really keep that as open and fluid as possible. So trying not to allow fear in there but you know on the other hand you've got to be sensible about these things too there is no point um deliberately creating competition I think people need to just be really sensible about this sort of thing there's no point to create deliberate competition with someone you know don't go out of your way to do that why would you do that 
you know if we we need to find ways to support each other and to support each other in knowing that everyone's going to be doing something differently yes um but they they need to have you know we i don't know we need to recognize that they um that that we still it, i could say to someone oh look it doesn't matter that uh you know i'm going to do something I don't know next door to you um but why would I necessarily do that I don't know unless I was doing something quite different then yes that could be a really good it's just being common sense you know that could be a really good compliment then possibly yeah so if I was just working with a niche sort of group or and they were working with a niche group we could actually complement each other if we're both doing the same thing I don't think that's very complimentary and for me to go and do something like that would just be asking for problems yeah mm -hmm. so it's all just using common sense and being kind and uh allowing that kindness to actually move you forward I think rather than uh your fear of what might happen yeah or well, that's the other thing the worry yeah what might happen but I might let someone else talk about some of those things yeah Carrie what comes up for you Oh, well, I definitely want to mirror what Bronwyn was saying. I mean, um, I think I felt all of those things, you know, definitely fear of competition and just fear of making this my livelihood, um, you know, and I, you know, the, the foundation uh, that I dealt with those fears was a lot of just knowing in my heart that this was my calling and I felt very called to do it. Like it felt like the right thing for me to do. And um, uh, gosh, Oh, Joseph Campbell says, you know, if you follow your bliss, doors will open where there once were walls. And I think my practice of Reiki, especially as a professional Reiki practitioner, has been an example of that, you know, just like following what I believe and my bliss and, and doors opened and clients came and bills got paid and sticky situations got resolved. And so through the practice of just doing what I do and believing in the work, um, you know, the answers came, but there wasn't, it's not to say that there weren't sleepless nights or moments where I was just racked with worry about it all. I, I was, and, um, and that was when I turned to my practice even more deeply. And um, I think Reiki has helped me in a lot of ways resolve some of those fears, the, the energy work itself, just, um, you know, how it has helped me is just um, maybe there's a day of real fret or worry or fearfulness about a certain thing or a trigger. And then, you know, waking up the next morning with a sense of confidence that like I could do it or, you know, maybe right after some, you know, meditation, a feeling of like greater clarity um, and then following that clarity and then trusting the process and doing that over and over and over again. So those are some of the ways that I worked out fear. Um, I guess one of the ones that I, Bronwyn hasn't mentioned, so I thought I'll turn to that one for myself, was just like a fear of, I mean, maybe inadequacy is one word, but like another fear that really has come up for me is just like if Reiki was like scientifically disproven um, and like just not feeling like I have that like real solid, you know, uh, societal support, right, for what I do. And I've talked about that before. Um, but one of the ways that got really triggered for me, I recall, was um, I think that, like, uh, 
there was a whole scientific study and report on homeopathy. And after years and years and years of studying that particular form of alternative medicine, it was like debunked basically. And that was like shot a dagger of pure fear through my heart. And um, um, so that that's one thing, but um, I also worked with that in many ways too. And um, I don't know if anybody's looked at the, how Reiki's described on Wikipedia recently. <laughs> I don't know, I don't, I tend to not look to that source uh, for too much information, although it is very helpful for some, some information. Um, but like, if you look at the article on Reiki with Wikipedia, it is awful. I mean, it is truly like, I'm a scientist and I read that and it has nothing to do that's factual. I mean, it's, it, they, I, I think when I read it last that they had a 12 year old science project in there debunking Reiki and, and that got published somehow. And I just, like, I, I really, and there was just, there's no balance in terms of like, what, what Reiki practitioners might believe, what others might believe, um, uh, a little bit more balanced discussion about it, um, which is quite unfortunate. But I think that that's one of the things that makes me feel like I don't have as much support I'd like to lean into in terms of this mm -hmm. app. Um, but it, it still comes back down to, I, I've experienced and witnessed the power of Reiki so many times I think energy is real. <laughs> and um, I, I actually went back to, to, to one of the things that Fataya mentioned in our interview with her was just that Reiki's capacity to transform emotional energy is, is huge. And that's absolutely a mirror of my experience of Reiki. And so I think, um, yeah, that's one of the fears that I've had to confront in different ways in my practice. Um, and uh, one of my one of my um, yoga teachers, uh, it, one of his taglines is um, uh, "nothing to prove, everything to share." Mm. And I use that also like as a as a positive affirmation for me yeah. to tap into when I feel like I have to be the one out there, you know, proving Reiki or, um, uh, you know, like really trying to advocate for the practice or. Um, feeling like I'm coming from an ego place and I have to prove myself to others. Um, that's one of the affirmations that I really lean into. Nothing to prove, everything to share. And that reminds me to just share from my experience, share from my heart, and um, hopefully support others. You know, like truth is a pathless land. So um, not everything that's written about in the books is true. And scientists, science doesn't know everything. I love that. I love that, um, invitation, uh, and that, that affirmation, um, that you just shared. And I, you know, I'm really noticing in both of the stories that you're both telling this pattern of, you know, that we can all really learn from and, and reflect on is, you know, when we feel some sort of fear kind of rising up in our way, um, that often turning towards it, right. And engaging it directly is the pathway through, um, which feels so scary and counterintuitive, right? But both of you have talked about really leaning into that thing that you're afraid of and and act, taking action anyway, right? Responding anyway. And um, I feel like that was something that took me a long time around um, the first thing that came up for me. I mean, like you, Bronwyn, I had a long list of like, when I, once I asked myself this question, Ari, what fears have come up in my journey on Reiki? It was like, oh, 
wow, there's a lot of them. Um, and the, the first one that came up really strongly uh, is one that it actually took me a long time to turn towards. Um, I've shared before that I worked at a university for a long time, about a dozen years before um, uh, you know, making this my, my work. And I started learning and practicing Reiki um, overlapping with that time, the last couple of years that I was doing that work. And I had a very significant fear about just talking about it, just being out, you know, as a person who was studying these sorts of things. And, you know, part of it is related to what you just shared, Carrie, about like the delegitimizing that um, has happened in some spaces. And the, you know, the environment that I was in, in this academic environment and this very kind of um, action oriented social justice environment that I was in that I really loved and connected with on a lot of levels also, you know, didn't leave a lot of room for spiritual engagement, um, not a lot of room for creativity and, um, you know, things related to our interior life. Um, and that was more and more what I was feeling drawn to the, the creative aspects of my work, the, my past as an artist, and then this new kind of frontier around investigating the interior life. Um, not only for myself, I mean, first, firstly for myself for the first couple of years, you know, primarily for my own um, evolution, and then more and more that impulse to share that out. And I was deeply afraid of sharing that side of myself in my professional world, uh, which was most of my world at the time. Um, you know, I really had devoted quite a bit of myself to that space. And um, that persisted for quite some time. You know, I talked a little bit before about feeling like I needed to keep those worlds separate from each other. And part of it was not having a really clear grasp of how they technically worked together, which I now have a much stronger grasp on. But, you know, if I'm honest, the bigger piece of that was this fear of exposing myself, of showing myself to be something, I don't even know what, something that others would judge in some way. Um, and, and, and in a way that made me vulnerable, right? Because I was doing the work of Reiki first and foremost for myself to work through some, you know, really difficult things that were very vulnerable that I didn't necessarily want to talk about. And that was fine when it was just a private practice. But once I was really feeling called to share it with other people, this kind of tension grew. And so that really fueled this, this thought and this feeling that those worlds had to be separate, that I would cultivate, you know, people and connections and community over here around this Reiki practice. And that would be different from the communities that I had over here. And that was fine for a while, but ultimately it made me feel disjointed and disconnected as a person. It made me feel like I couldn't be myself in either of those spaces. So once I was really, you know, focusing on Reiki as more of uh, something that would be part of my income and more and more part of my work, uh, it was a real impediment to not be able to share that with the largest community that I had at the time, the community around the work that I've been doing for 12 years. And that became so uncomfortable, <laughs> just so uncomfortable trying to navigate that, that difference. And eventually I had to face that fear and start turning towards it as you both described yourselves doing and, you know, open myself up to being vulnerable and risking being myself and sharing who I am and, um, and, and to, to really start feeling out those places of intersection. Uh, those places of overlap and commonality and connection, as we've been talking about. And, you know, that's paid off 
hugely. I mean, so many of the people that I get to work with now, just the last two days, I've had these just incredibly powerful sessions with, um, you know, women that I, that I met through that work that I've known for 15 years in the context of this other work. And just now, you know, reached out to, to work with me in, in the context of Reiki, which they wouldn't have even known about if I hadn't been, you know, willing to face that fear. So that was a big one. And it took years to really work with that. And it still comes up, you know, when, when I'm called upon to share that part of myself in those um, spaces. And, uh, you know, when I run into people and they ask, what are you doing these days? You know, um, it's still something that I get to take a breath, right? Take a pause, drop my attention down into my belly and just take a moment to center myself before, you know, speaking the truth with a clear voice. Um, Cause the last thing that I want to do is speak about this work that I love so much with, you know, hesitancy, with my eyes downcast, with, you know, some kind of feeling in my voice or sound in my voice that indicates that, that I'm not fully behind this work hundred percent, right? That's not how I want to represent myself or this work. And so it's this constant practice of like, just take a pause, right? Take a pause, turn towards it and then speak. Yeah. So yeah, that's the piece that came up first. Yeah. that's really beautiful. I, I, I mean, I can, of course, I think every Reiki person can relate to that. Right, Carrie? I'm sure you've had that too. Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, I think sometimes I've responded in a way that is uh, more brusque because I'm like, <laughs> like, instead of being shy about it, I'm like, well, <laughs> go the opposite direction. What Let I me do. tell you about it. Strong <laughs> opinions. And then I talk for 20 minutes and then they go, oh, right. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I, I can completely, um, feel that and I um it brings me to you know a lot of what you just said there I just wrote a few things down as well but you know like about proving things and that you know there's so much in this isn't there I I always say that I refuse to prove anything that's just one of my things that I set up if someone's like oh but you know I'm just like I don't even I can't it's like I'm putting myself in uh, a position to stand up for all of you know every Reiki practitioner in the world and I think well I'm not going to do that so you know I I actually sort of don't go into that and um, that's just my own personal thing so um, uh, because it is it is a, a difficult place to to be if someone is dead set upon trying to um, disprove something that you do as a business and uh you know I I I can I mean the best thing that I guess I could ever say to someone like that is you know you ought to give it a go and uh but then once again it's their openness that that will allow them to actually have a great experience too and and if someone isn't open then that's probably not you know I would never force someone to have a Reiki treatment either um so uh, I was just thinking earlier about practitioners and fear and teachers and fear. And I think a lot of the things that have evolved uh, in the system of Reiki have, have been born of fear, which I think is pretty sad, actually, but doesn't matter. That's life. And, you know, it's, it's for us then to find our way through that. And it means we have to dig deep and we need to look inside ourselves for those truths. 
So when when what I'm talking about is uh, what I've found that over time I've noticed that a lot of the things that have come up in the system of Reiki where people have added in stuff or made up stuff um, and, and saying that, you know, oh, this is the truth or, you know, something like this. So, you know, that you can't wear, I don't know, orange or, uh, you know, and do Reiki or, you know, wh- whatever rule, you know, whatever rules and things that people create, they are born of fear. Mm. And, um and it's fear the the fear i think i could name it as possibly um someone did mention something before but it's that you know that feeling like an imposter possibly as well that feeling of um i need to make rules about this so that people understand that you know this is a real thing and so it's it's not born of someone trying to do something terrible but it's born of inadequacy yeah mm. and uh, and a need for power you know a power over others so if we're telling students you have to do this before you do this otherwise it doesn't work or if you don't pay me a certain amount of money it's not going to work which you know these are all the sorts of things that you that I've heard over the years you know and where's the common sense in this if we look at what the system of reiki is if we look at what reiki is spiritual energy yeah big energy then that that is is something that we are all a part of all the time it's innate it's a birthright the system of reiki a system so certain elements come together to help us move more into that space to be more conscious of that space so uh yeah, I think that fear has definitely created a lot of problems for us within the system of Reiki. And even what I was talking about before where people are saying, oh, you can't ask for money, yeah, that also is a fear. Mm-hmm. So it's they're scared of what? I don't know. Um, I can feel it, but it's outside my reach. What is that? One of you know what that is. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think there could be a number of, you know, ways in which that shows up that probably show up differently for different people. I can imagine, you know, a, a, a fear of, of blocking the energy if we're making it transactional or a fear of um, being perceived as a bad person if we're, you know, asking for money. Being, um, we're meant to be givers, that thing. Right. Yeah. So fear of, of, of receiving, actually. Yeah. 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 And yet we know as Reiki practitioners that the two are hand in hand. Yes. Yeah. And this piece that you're bringing up around, you know, fear of inadequacy or feelings of inadequacy, like I can definitely relate to that pretty strongly. Like in that time when I was starting to want to turn my Reiki practice outward to other people, um, you know, I had a huge fear of inadequacy that I was not doing it right, not doing it well, not providing value making it up. Right. And, and the result of not being able to process that fear and not being able to understand that fear and not really being, having been introduced to the precepts properly, you know, working with the precepts was not part of my original Reiki education. Um, and so not having a way of working with fear from the perspective of inquiry and contemplation, the way that we're invited to 
basically turned that into grandstanding. You know, like I was so afraid of doing it wrong that I just, you know, as you said, you said people make stuff up. I'm like, yeah, I would just make stuff up. Like, you know, oh, I, you know, and, and not consciously, it wasn't a conscious, like I'm going to make up untrue things. It was more of like noticing something and then blowing it out of proportion, like giving it excessive meaning, you know, oh, I had this sensation when I was working around your heart. And then that means this, and therefore you should do this. And therefore, and therefore, you know, all of this interpretation and all of this meaning layered on top of, you know, one little sensation that I had that was absolutely not my business to be sharing with folks, right? Like had nothing to do with their direct experience. And had everything to do with me trying to feel like I was providing value, not because I was doing anything wrong, but because I didn't trust the experience. I didn't trust myself and I didn't trust Reiki. Um, And I hadn't been given a strong enough container around the practice um, to be able to sink into that trust. You know, you just talked, Bronwyn, about you know, this is a system of practice that has these elements that have these practices attached to the elements. And I had been so focused on the mystical elements of like, once you're attuned, then you have Reiki flowing through you. And therefore, you know, the, the, the rest of the system was almost as an afterthought that if I couldn't feel that in a particular way, then I doubted it right? As opposed to like, it's working because I am actually practicing diligently. That's why it's working. Right. Um, and so the disconnect between, you know, the structures that were designed for this system to work properly and the idea that it was like turning on a switch. And once that switch was turned on, then Reiki was just happening. I didn't trust that. And I didn't have a diligent practice of the five elements of the system. And so I was existing in this like in-between space where I didn't, I just didn't trust any of it, but at the same time I wanted to do it. And so like the way that I resolved that fear was to just create these narratives that really had more to do with my imagination than anything that was of value to the other person. Um, And, you know, I became pretty clearly aware of that phenomenon, I would say within the first two years that I was practicing and really started to address it and uh, developing a relationship with the precepts, developing a relationship with the other elements of the system, as opposed to uh, this more transactional experience I was having with them really shifted that for me. Um, But yeah, that was a huge fear. The fear of, I'm just, this just isn't working. And so I have to like effort to make it work, you know? Yeah, there's just one thing, I know, Carrie, you've got heaps to say. I was just wanted one thing to say just about, you know, if it were just a switch that you switched on, then there's a, an enormous reliance as well upon that person who does the switching, I think, yeah. And um, that is, I think, the problem with that concept, apart from the fact that, you know, we are already... Um, we are already energy, obviously. So, um, yeah. And uh, I guess another point just about that is that um, because a lot of people did used to talk about, you know, oh, yeah, I'm attuned to Reiki. And I never really got that. It's like, but you already were Reiki, right? How does that work? So, you know, but this this idea of someone making you something 
it really takes away your own power. And it's very hard for you then to be someone who can be um, powerful in your own right. Yeah. And uh, you're having to rely upon someone for something. So instead, you know, just that uh, seeing, seeing something as this attunement thing, I really seeing it rather as a support which is the way that I see it, that, that we, you know, we are in that space and, and the, the, the person doing the attunement is supporting the other person in their practice um, and offering that space of, of, of remembrance to them. And when they touch that space of remembrance, um, then they go, oh yeah, I know that that's where I can be. That is the best support because that's bringing something up and where we go, oh, yeah, that's it. I know that. I want to be that. I want to be that more often. And uh, yeah. So um, uh, yeah, the other thing was that I was just going to say about that, about practitioners is that when we're practicing, when we're learning, it's the confidence that allows us to move on really, isn't it? And that's sort of the opposite of fear as well. So if we're doing a very small class where we don't do enough practice and things like that, then we're not going to have the confidence to actually um, do that by ourselves once again. So we really need to support people to have the confidence in their in themselves in their own practice to be able to be great practitioners so that we it's all about finding it inside ourselves rather than looking for it on the outside yeah i think that's so true i, mm -hmm. I think that i'm still working on that for myself <laughs> but um i know going back to a little bit to what michaela was talking about is um you know I always really felt strongly that my, you know, there, that when I'm working one-to-one -one with somebody that there's a value there, um, mm -hmm. you know, that I've trained to study this healing art and that I've embodied it and I'm paying for the room that we're doing this in. And so, yes, like there is an appropriateness for me to charge what I charge. Although when I first started Reiki, I started, I think I charged like $40 a session or something like that, which is um, I'm a little over double now <laughs> with my services. I probably shouldn't raise my rates again because, um, you know, the bottom line for me when I, when, when I've had to answer that or to another way of saying that is to know my why, like mm -hmm. why I charge what I charge and, um, and the value that I offer others is that there's this value of my time, you know, and I spent 10 years or longer really developing my skill to be a Reiki practitioner. Mm -hmm. And so, and that, you know, that skill comes with a certain value. Um, and there's times where I think in, in a session, really desiring to find the value that, you know, to give somebody something of value. I, I really uh, feel into what you were saying, Michaela, is just kind of making things up or not, feeling like authentically in touch with what the intuition of the session was there or confidence to share it or kind of like you were saying, like kind of blowing it up. Um, and so I really had to like, uh, you know, learn how to deal with that, you know, inside of myself too, without a whole lot of structure or support. Um, but what I, when I look back at the why, that's why, why I think it is so valuable to offer some feedback to our clients if it feels appropriate is that, you know, there, there's something inside somebody that's searching for a deeper truth. 
And I think Reiki can help illuminate that. And so if there's something in, in the session that I feel helps illuminate a deeper truth for somebody, like that is, is such a service, right? It's such, it's such a value because it's like going back to what Bronwyn was saying, it not only illuminates this part of themselves that you know is this deeper truth or this deeper mystery inside of them, but it also gives them a pathway to be more cognizant of that truth in their day-to-day life, you know, and it, and that's the gem of Reiki, you know, you get some intuitive guidance or some insight that comes through and it's just sparkling <laughs> with spiritual insight, because you could think about those, those little gems that you get in a session and, and they are enlightening. Um, and so there's such value in not only learning to how to do that for others or to, to hold that space for others, and learn how to do it well, which it's, it's a whole process, I think is way outside of the context of the Reiki training, but <clears throat> nevertheless, it's somewhat a part of the Reiki practice. Um, but it ultimately gets us to this place where we can, yeah, like Bronwyn was saying, take our power back and, and find that insight in our everyday life. And so I think a lot of people tend to want to find it through one other person and I don't really have a huge issue with that if they're like, if that feels very like supportive and um, not like this kind of power over thing. Um, But I do think it does get problematic when people start to lose their ability to make choices for themselves and really lean into their own heart and their own wisdom as to what's right for them. And uh, well, if I could critique Reiki a little bit, I think that a lot of Reiki practitioners are at that very painful place yeah. where they are so reliant on spiritual guidance, uh, whether it comes through a Reiki session or through just, you know, the way our mind thinks about things or we perceive uh, the world to be or spiritual energy to be, um, that we get so reliant on having that guidance that we, we are incapable of making decisions ourselves. And I had that issue at a point in my life too. And I was remember being at the grocery store and trying to like tune in as to like which avocado to buy. And I was like, Oh my God, (laughs) it's too much. It's too much. You know, you have to like, and I love that you guys all went to this like confident place when you're feeling inadequate. I don't go there. I go to this like insecure, like, can everybody, are you, are you happy with me kind of place, you know? And so I mean, it's, it, it know, took a while. Yeah. Well, and I think this is, a, I think this is a really important place for us to end on, you know, as we're coming to the, the end of our time today is, you know, for those who are listening and, and watching and maybe thinking along with this conversation, around fear, you know, we've been talking about our perspective of Reiki as, you know, it is what we are. Spiritual energy is what we are. And in a Reiki session or as a Reiki practitioner or student, it's not about being given something, as you were just saying, guidance from the outside in. It's about sourcing that guidance from the inside. And it's about reclaiming what we already know and what we already are. And that can feel scary, right? Like there's this moment when I invite somebody into that, right? Where they maybe are expecting guidance and what they're being given is an invitation to remember their own inner guidance. And I can see sometimes this moment of fear of like, 
but can I do that? You know, do I have that? Like, don't I need you to do that for me? And on the other side of that expression of fear, there's always an expression of, um, of power, right? Like on the other side of that fear for people so often is this relief and this like, you know, standing up straighter kind Mm. of moment. It's a different experience in a Reiki session or in life in general, when we approach it as something that we actually, you know, have the wisdom about that we, that we already are the, the resource, you know, we already are the resource. And so I just want to invite all of us to, to think about that and look for the places in our life where, um, we're, we're really relying on something outside of ourselves, not just for information that we need, but, you know, really for that, um, guidance that we, we, we might actually be carrying ourselves and, and share that with us. Let us know what that experience is like turning towards that, um, what questions come up, um, what challenges, and if there's a fear that you're grappling with in your Reiki practice or in other sources of, of, you know, other places in your life, um, you know, let's have a conversation about it. Let's not keep it in the dark. Um, let's let that be something where we, uh, shine light on, on each other's, uh, capacities. Um, and so let's have a conversation about that. Okay. (laughs) So friends, thanks again for this ongoing conversation. Uh, we look forward to being with all of you next week for the next uh, leg of this journey. Thanks so much for joining us and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Yeah. Bye.